citizens of the verse. Today is November 3rd, 2951, and welcome to another episode of Readcast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, the Jersey Devil himself, Mr. Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello, everyone. And of course, we have a man from Florida, or I'm sorry, a Florida man. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Mr. Seagard Olsen. Mm. Wrong time of day, but that's okay. <laughs> morning somewhere. So, that's right. It's morning somewhere, and maybe by the time I publish this, it will be morning. <laughs> Next year. Um, <laughs> well, uh, it's been... Oh, that's a good question, actually. Do you publish them always at a certain time? No, I don't. You know, it, it sort of depends on how long post-production is and how tired I am at night. So if for some reason I luck out and post productions fast, then I will schedule it for mm. 9 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. Most often, the day after we record, the morning before I leave for work, I download the episode because it's post-production post at night. Mm. And then I, at work, <laughs> during mm. my lunch break, put the show up. Um, and so that's why on occasion there've been a few episodes where maybe I didn't do as much QA as I should have. And, you know, we have a intro and then silence, <laughs> things mm -hmm. like that. So I've been, uh, I've been focusing a little bit more lately. Um, oh my God, my cat is doing bad things. Um, anyway, I've been focused on trying to make sure that th there's a little bit more quality there. And ideally, I'm going to try and make it more consistent. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting week for me, at least. But what about you guys? What have you been up to in the verse, Seaguard? Mostly just uh, nothing, because I blew up a computer the other day. And, uh, oh, that's right. Patch. So literally, I'm sitting here putting in a cooler in the new case. Um and got the motherboard in and stuff like that. So I'm just doing that while we're doing our podcast. So absolutely nothing. Great. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Uh, just fooling around. I'm actually buying vehicles that I would probably never w would want to buy ever again. Mm -hmm. So just anticipating the new patch. Just trying to spend all the money that I have. And I just bought a Ballista. Yeah, I was going to say. having lots of fun with it, but I will probably never own it in uh, upcoming patches. Not I just don't. It's not very practical. You know, it's huge. It mm -hmm. only fits like on a C2, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, it definitely needs two operators, so like for ground vehicle. And, and it's not very, uh, not too much fun to drive. It's not, it kind of crawls. It's indestructible, though, because I had a stowaway on it. And I was mm -hmm. trying to shake him loose to kind of flip it on, on its head and kind of leave him there. I could not flip this vehicle, no matter <laughs> what I tried. I rolled it down the mountain. I, uh, I hit everything inside, hit the walls. It's, it's indestructible. Wow. Sorry, I have one. You can use it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely a cool vehicle. Um, I wonder what will happen. Uh, you know, uh, longer term, there'll probably be more ways to transport it where, I mean, it's still going to be difficult and 
a logistical scenario to to move it but still it's i think that's the point to make something that heavy of an ar- artillery difficult to move um i uh i've been in the pt ptu um and and have been enjoying it i've been doing a lot of different tests i, I figure i'll hold off on some of those until uh for science but so far liking it been playing a lot of the new missions with the group as well as we explored some uh never before seen locations that are essentially the same kind of bunkers that you'd see but there seems to be more of them i'm guessing they might be the ones that they use for the dynamic event but who knows um so that's it for me um I am currently, I tried to get into the PTU tonight. Same problem. If anybody knows how to fix this problem, I get an error every time I try to install a new update to the PTU. Essentially says, uh, installer, I'm paraphrasing, but installer failed. Look at the logs. And every time I do, I can't figure out what's wrong with it. I don't know why, um, but it's very frustrating. Um, so I have to figure that out. I keep deleting it, you know, it's completely deleting the game and having to reinstall it in order to change, fix it. I can't, I can't find any other way around it. And then every time a new patch comes, same problem. Hopefully, it won't be an issue when the PU goes live and it's some weird thing because I changed the PTU, uh, I changed the PU folder to the PTU folder. But mm, let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of PTU, three fifteen is. In open PTU right now, um, they seem to be polishing it. It seems like a pretty stable um, patch. I can't tell you whether or not 30K, um, I forgot the name of it, recovery uh, works right now because I haven't 30K'd since, I've, since they've implemented it. Yeah, it's but, been really smooth, hasn't it? Yeah, supposedly it's working pretty well and people are happy with it. So um, we will see. But I would imagine if we don't see it this weekend then almost definitely sometime next week i think we're due for any you know any it it could be any day now uh could be the final you know pu build um so we'll see um and and the reason i think they're taking so long brings us to the next point which is i think they've been really trying to polish this pass because in 15 days we will see the return of the Intergalactic Aerospace Expo. Woo! Can't wait. Um, and with it, IAE this year, we thought it was going to be in Crusader. Sounds like they weren't ready with the um, new location at Crusader, and probably because it's also really difficult um, on people's frame rates and performance. They kept it at Microtech. Um, so we're back at Microtech. I'm surprised at. I'm surprisingly not upset about it as much as I wanted to see it because performance-wise, I can only imagine a building full of ships and how bad it will be in the planet of of clouds. <laughs> so, you know, n- not, not as upset as I thought I would be. Um, but uh, it's going to be November 19th to December 1st this year. And we already saw a trailer for it with our good old friend Jax McCleary uh, who will be returning representing Whitley's Guide so super exciting Um, 
for those who don't know what the Aeros- Intergalactic Aerospace Expo is, um, it is essentially, it used to be essentially a ship, ship sale, and they started having lore about it with Jacks McCleary and everything. And eventually they created convention centers on planets, and now they have it in-game, in an in-game convention center. So it's pretty cool. The um, Every day features a different manufacturer or, se- or several manufacturers. And um, during that day, you can rent any of the ships that are flyable to try out. So uh, day one is Anvil Aerospace. Day two is RSI. Day three is Aegis. Day four is uh, all the alien manufacturers. So Asperia, Apoa, Banu, and Gatak. Um, day five is Crusader and Tumbrel. Day six is Origin Jumpworks. Day mm. seven is pretty much all the industrial plus one. It's Argo, Grey Cat, Consolidated Outland, and Kruger Intergalactic. Day eight is Drake. Day nine is Misk. Mm. Day ten is Best in Show and Weapons and Armor Showcase. And days 11 through 13 are the finale. Uh, So pretty packed schedule. One thing I noticed, and if anyone thinks differently, on the site, normally the Drake day, they make it seem like Drake's kind of like taking over and like having a separate event that's like counter counterculture to the main event. Um, but on the schedule they have up this year, it almost looks like it's integrated with the main show. Ooh, that's kind of interesting. You know, because yeah. normally it looks like there's like, normally they make it look like there's a, almost like a, a poster over day eight or whatever. I wonder if they decided to just make it part of the main event. Maybe my guess would be if they are doing that, it's because Drake in lore is trying to like clean up their image and slowly, but surely they're making a better name for themselves besides being the manufacturer for pirates. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you think the, the, the actual sale is that going to be on throughout the whole event? Yeah. So, so day every day also corresponds to what's on sale. And then the last three days, the finale, everything's on sale. Oh, okay. So, so in other words, when it's a Drake day, it's a Drake sale. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I believe, um, Seagard, am I right in saying even limited ships go on sale, but they are in limited supply, like Javelin? There might be. Yeah, a- you have to. You be. You know, have to be hot on the keyboard early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's anything that's labeled limited. Like, yeah. so, for example, like something like Hall B, is that considered to be limited? No. No, okay. I believe the limited ships... Be get it. Huh? The whole the E might be. But no, I no, think no, it might not be. The real yeah. limited ones are like Polaris, okay. um, the Krakens, um, yeah. the 890 Jump, to some extent... It's less so lately. It's easier to get, yeah. Yeah, the Javelin is one for sure. Um, Idris, too. Idris, yep. Uh, I don't even think, like, the Endeavor is. I think the whole E, the Endeavor, and all them are are generally just available. The Orion used to be, but I don't think it is anymore. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Orion, yeah. 
right? Isn't it now just available or is it limited? I think, I don't think it's limited. I don't know either. I don't think so either because I, I had no problem getting mine a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty excited um, about it. Yeah. So good stuff. You know, I, th I think it's pretty exciting um, to see all of that. Now, I completely skipped over um, what happened uh, in terms of content this week. But before oh, before we go into that, uh, what what are you most excited about for IAE Seaguard? I really want to, I don't know, I, I less excited this year than last year, I guess, because, I mean, I do have a lot of ships, and, um, mm. you know, I guess for me, it's an exciting opportunity to get rid of some of my single-seat ships and maybe get some dual ships. Maybe, um, you know, I may consider getting rid of my, um, uh, my Aegis ships, for example, or my Anvil ships. Mm -hmm. And get you know some of the other haulers and some of the other industrial ships, but oh. uh, yeah, I, I, you know that's kind of me. I you know I have a you know I have a couple packs and I have some fighters that I just don't use. You know, I need one fighter. I don't need thirty-two fighters, right? I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, well, I don't have thirty-two, but I probably have seven. Yeah. So getting especially is not a big fighter. Yeah, I mean, it, well, and, you know, at this level, you know, I already have two F-8 Lightnings. Okay. <laughs> so do I really need the RSI Heavy Fighter? Do I really need the Gladiator? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's then it's just wanting different styles. And even then, there's always in-game. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. What about you, Chekhov? What are you most excited about? Well, for is it me, new ships? it's like, is it trying things? Yeah, well, no, for me, it's like basically like deja vu. So it's like almost um, starting the game all over again. Like um, mm. it's like the first time in. The only difference is now I know what to do. I know where to go. I know what. Yeah, to imagine. Do. I know right exactly like a whole different experience. You know, I I know exactly the ship that I want. I know what I need to buy. But what I mean, starting over, it's obviously. You know, I have no ships, I'll have one, and I'm going to grind my way up to whatever I need in game. But, uh, well, I'll have several. But but it's it's real exciting because it's like a whole different uh, way of sort of starting this game off. You know, instead of that one Aurora running into Sigurd and trying to figure things out, you know, yeah. with a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I just... I guess for me, I always love just the fact that so many people are around and there's a lot of new people because it's also a free fly. Um, so it's fun. We, we usually do a lot of org events. We may do another read cast um, for, uh, or I guess a read cast at ReadCon. <laughs> we might do another mm -hmm. one of those. Um, trying to figure out the logistics around that. But then also... I mean, there are some ships we're supposed to see, um, they, and they've teased them in sort of the trailer even, 
you see one r- rumor has it Amvils releasing a new vehicle on the ballista chassis. What's it called? It's called the um I forgot the name of it. Do you remember Seagard? I don't. I didn't. I forgot. I don't the name. Either. Yeah. So we don't know what that's going to be. Is it going to be transport? Is it going to be anti-air, but more, um, not not missiles? Uh, so we'll have to see there. We know that Argo is likely to release the raft, and that we think it's a multi-crew hauler. That stuff excites me. Yeah. And then, why can't I remember the last one? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what, what is the last one? There's one yeah. other thing. Refinery ship? Well, that we haven't heard of. I'm so so perplexed as to why we haven't heard that about that yet. Well, what about the MISC Explorer? That's, that's it. Something MISC, very likely Explorer. Although Misk also is the refinery ship, supposedly. So it could be the refinery ship or it could be the Explorer. And traditionally, traditionally, day one and day nine have new ship sales. So that's Anvil and Misk. Uh, you see Jax McCleary inside of a Misk ship, and it doesn't look like one we have in game. Um, you see him driving something in a ballista chassis, and you see an Ar- Argo ship, but you don't see any other part of it. It looks very mole-like. So, going to be interesting. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, last week we didn't have an ISC. That was the last week for their um, hiatus, so it'll be back this week. But we did get a Star Citizen live. It was one of the game devs, but I have to say it's one of the best game devs I've seen. I watched the whole thing through and it was essentially a walkthrough um, of how they created those stations for Pyro that we saw at SitCon. Um, did either of you check that out? I thought no. I got Now I'm wondering if I saw it. It was very thorough. It was great. It was really good. Uh, Chekhov, did you see it? No, but I definitely also got to listen to that one. Yeah, it was extremely good. What they did is they essentially showed you how they broke apart the the stations and what components they kept and what they removed and the logic behind how they were doing it. And they they even said, they're like, this isn't what we're going to be necessarily exactly what we're building in game it's almost like a test um, to show the the team what's possible because you might need to add particle effects, you know, the rain effects that they showed at CitizenCon and things like that. Those all might take performance, that make, might make performance issues. So for in- instance, one of the things that they talked about and they explored was um, garbage assets, right? They wanted the station that they were showing they wanted it to look really junky, um, really junky, because each one of the stations they said will likely have some different flavor based on what gang is in control mm-hmm. of the station. And so whatever gang this is, is kind of sloppy and doesn't 
doesn't care about how nice the station looks. And so if you look at garbage assets, you can put a bunch of garbage assets in an area to make it look real gross. And then the performance drops because of all the different objects there that have to load in. And so what they were showing was how they create sets of garbage where they combine objects into one so that it's a single object and much more performative. Um, and so they're essentially creating the tool set to allow the designers to go in and create these stations. So it's really cool. Mm. I, I thought it was just surprisingly good um, for something like that. And I, what, I didn't expect myself to be watching it the whole time, and I did. So that's, that makes me feel good um, because I don't usually do that. <laughs> so who, anyone who hasn't uh, caught it because it was a game dev, it, uh, it was a pretty good game dev. Now on uh, Inside Star Citizen this week, yay, thank goodness, it's, it's going to be in two days. I keep thinking it's Wednesday. Wait, it is Wednesday today. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tomorrow. Yay. Um, yesterday was my birthday, so I wasn't. Um, oh, congrats. Thank you. I wasn't uh, going. I didn't think I was going to be home, but I ended up being home anyway. And so I played the game. But I figured, you know what? Since we'll have more content today because of the uh, roadmap roundup, might as well wait anyway. Um, but uh this week, the uh, episode will look at mining gadgets um, that will be coming apparently in 3.16, as well as a sprint report. Um, and then Star Citizen Live, also another interesting one that I'm excited about is a QA, Q&A about uh, UI. So um, if you haven't done so, uh, get your questions out there on Spectrum and upvote some of your favorites. I really want to hear about the new star map and when that, well, we can't ask when questions, but hear about the approach towards the new star map and, and potentially some of these hollow globes and things. Maybe they can give us some answers there. Um, yeah, super exciting. Now, uh, as I mentioned, there was a roadmap roundup, uh, today and it had some really interesting stuff. So, uh, first of all, salvage was addressed first and foremost, and it said, as previously announced on the September 8th Roadmap Roundup, the core gameplay pillar have shifted their focus to deliver features initially for Squadron 42 before then moving to integrate into the Persistent Universe. This has had this is uh, this has a twofold benefit. Squadron 42 will benefit greatly from the additional resources and dedicated focus and the Persistent Universe will see features come online in a more complete and polished state. The core gameplay teams have recalibrated their schedules after their project-focused transition and are now planning to complete their work on salvage for Squadron 42 in Q1 2022 to allow enough time to implement this feature set into the persistent universe salvage is now targeting a q2 2022 release hmm. however you may notice that we've renamed salvage tier zero tech to salvage tier zero this is to better represent the expanded gameplay releasing with salvages debut more specifically the initial release is no longer just the back-end tech implementation 
but will introduce both hand-operated salvage as well as ship-operated salvage, hole stripping, and repair using the systems aboard the Drake Vulture. So that's pretty oh, cool. nice. That's the one that I'm getting during the sale. I, I have one. I'm excited for it. Um, release view. The following cards have been added to release view. So these are the things that are, are targeting an actual release date. Um, derelict ships, points of interest. Points of interest that will be scattered on planets, they will be derelict spaceships with some type of activity, whether it's a puzzle, traversal, hostile AI, and some type of reward for resolving said activity. This card has been added to Alpha 316. Uh, Mining gadgets. Mining gadgets will help modify the rock and assist the player with mining a deposit. The player can attach a device physically to a mineable deposit in FPS to modify its stats, making mining either easier and safer or quicker and riskier. The um, This card has been added to Alpha 316. Ship-to-ship refueling. Implementing the systems that will allow players flying specific ships to refuel other ships and get paid for it. The player can fill those specific ship's fuel tanks from a station using an updated rearm, restock, refuel interface at landing zones and space stations. This card has been added to 316 release window. Um, so any ship can refuel any ship? No. Specific ships to refuel oh, other ships. Okay. Um, so what do you think those are going to be? I'm guessing Starfarer to start with. Um, updates to the Dying Star map. Updating Dying Star map by increasing overall size, adding new playable areas, more cover options, and new space assets. This card's been added to 316 as well. Gravlev physics rework. A significant rework of the flight and driving model for Gravlev vehicles when hovering. The aim is to improve the general feel and stability, resulting in a far better experience for players using hover bikes. This card has been added to 316. DNA head textures update. Implementing art features for DNA archetype heads that will improve the quality of all DNA heads, both for players and common NPCs. This card has also been added to 316. Selling items in shops. Players will have the ability to sell items from their local inventory to shops using a new interface powered by building blocks. This supports the recently added loot generation feature, allowing these items to be sold for money. This card's been added to Alpha 317. NPC Taxi Mission Tier 0. NPCs will request transport between rest stops in this mission type, with the rewards determined by the speed, safety, and comfort in which the player delivers the NPC to their destination. This card's also been added to Alpha 317. Ooh, um, as you can crazy. imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, Drake Vulture. Building, balancing, and implementing Drake's inter- Drake Interplanetary's light salvage ship, the Vulture, into the game. The card's been added to 318. And I'm guessing they're just waiting for the tech to come online because the vulture's almost done. 
um, according to the uh, monthly. And, and, and 318 is what around Q2? Q2. Okay, that's perfect. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you're going to implement it with features, even better. But that that's an exciting uh, uh, chunk of things added to 316, which makes me feel yeah. even better about 316 existing. Yeah, and 316 is literally around the corner. Yeah, I mean, we probably have a month before it goes to Evo or less. Um. Yeah. Now, we also got a recalibration of the core gameplay schedule as well as prioritization of the above added features. So the following cards have been removed from release view until they've been properly rescheduled. Origin M50, Origin M50 engine swapping. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Did I, didn't, I don't even own one. I probably never will. Um, dynamic door alignment vehicles. Um, that's a little sad. Uh, player slide, prone, actor tech, physicalized weapon handling, and ship shield emitters. So a few, a few things that we're probably a little sad about the origin M50 engine swapping, who cares? And then, you know, I mean, prone, I don't know. Yeah. But all in all. Good stuff. What do you what, what what of that list of additions, Seaguard, has you the most giddy? Salvage. Yeah. Followed closely by like um, followed closely by the mining upgrades for ground vehicles and the um, the uh, like rating system for transports. You know, transporting oh. the PCs. Yeah, just so you know, the mining upgrades aren't for ground. They're for asteroids. Oh, okay. It's, the, it's that device that almost looks like a bomb that you strap to an asteroid. So FPS, it's not for FPS mining. It's it's you have to get out of your ship and float over to it and drop it yeah. on. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm okay so, with that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. And that's what we'll see tomorrow on ISC. Yeah, some of my best times have been on a mole or a prospector, so... Yeah. yeah. I have both. Very exciting. What about you, Chekhov? Yeah, definitely mining. Whatever improves the mining play, because I'm going to be doing that for quite a while as soon as the 315 drops. And long-term long salvage, for sure. I hope I hope with the mining, and I'm excited by the same thing, mining, salvage, really exciting stuff. I'm excited for the Vulture. Um, but I think I'm really interested to see if like, is this supposed to help a solo player break up a rock that's too hard or are they increasing difficulty of certain rocks? I hope they make the complexity of breaking certain rocks that much greater. Kind of feel the same. So that well, it's a little bit more involved, but I want then I want rocks to be easier, like more more spawning of of you know high value well, rocks. Yeah, we need different type of rocks. We need yeah. you know DS specific rocks. We need uh, you know mole uh, stuff versus just the prospector stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say more variety of rocks would be nice too. Yeah, yeah, and I want I want more I want more ways to make money but make it more challenging to break it. 
See, That's my preference. See, I um, I do, I think the challenging right now to break it is pretty good. Um, to get the you know, it's hard to get some of the the tougher you know the more uh, profitable stuff. Um, I think that I would like to see some of the lower priced or more plentiful. Um, and the even if it costs less, you know, you don't have a single guy can go out there and mine all day and he's going to make some money. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas a crew in a mole might want to team up to go take on, you know, Quantanium or something like that. If you're a solo player doing Quantanium, that should be pretty catastrophic if you don't do it right. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right now it's like a point and click challenging. I wanted to see more, uh, you know, intricate challenges, you know, uh, would have to sort of uh, really become quite a bit more complex when it comes to gadgets and the, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? The, the, all the add-ons for, for the lasers. So you really have to strategize, especially now with 315, where all your components are all over the place, right? So yeah. if you're doing the asteroid belt, then you have to really have the right vehicle, the right tools, you know, then also know uh, the timing, right? Quantanium is a volatile uh, you know, where you're going to drop it, you know, what are you going to do afterwards? So for it to become a bit more strategic type of a play, not yeah. just point and click and get to the green bar, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like no one uses a mold to do quantanium because you can't fill the mold. You just got to run back as soon as you fill the prospector and you're out of there because you're yeah. tired. Um, where well, we think, actually, you know, I think, I, I think that a mole you know, if you had quantanium in larger quantities, but they were harder to find, you know, you break one rock, it just happens to be bigger now. And it's, it's it's difficult to break it. But now maybe the mole is worth it because you can vacuum and break at the same time and uh, come yeah. back, right? Um, whereas, we, did, we did quantanium in the mole. Yeah, you know? it's, 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 not as, it's not as cost efficient, whereas I really think it should be more cost efficient. Um but I do think a prospector I'm, should be able to go out there and just grind through, you know, fill up, you know, and find ore all the time that's of a lower grade and and just make a living, right? I mean, he's not trying to get rich. He's just making a living. I hope I hope long term they also make saddlebags that are different. So maybe you have a saddlebag with a little bit less capacity, but it stabilizes quantanium for substantially longer. That would be cool. Right. And then, then you're sort of really planning out your trips. Um, like to an extent, a huge extent to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, all these, I mean, to me, all these game loops, just, just for pure fact that we don't devote, uh, full episodes to each one that means that they're really not there yet you know yeah. they're not complex enough we should be able to literally spend hours and hours talking about mining alone yeah i mean we could but it, it'd be a combination of tactics and um and uh lore crafting or or you yeah. Know, yeah. You know, figuring out what could be you know, speculating on what what's happening, but yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, 
mining is pretty complex, but it needs to like, I love the fact that I'm still floored by the fact that tier zero healing and medical gameplay is this robust. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most robust initial implementation of a field, in my opinion. Yep. It's definitely the, the, good. The only downside to it, the or I would say the part that makes it the least robust, is as a profession, it's robust for you as someone, as part of a crew to help with. But beyond that, the medical beacons aren't super robust. 15K... Come heal me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. So, but great stuff. Uh, a- anything else before we move on? No, that's all good. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, that brings us to tips and tricks. Any tips and tricks from you, Mister Seaguard? Let's see. Um, tip: Don't blow up your computer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, just tip. just a bad bad uh, yeah bad um, patch is all it was um, fried something, but uh, I would say that um, you know just kind of from a hardware perspective, something I did learn as I went to the stores. So I just you know the Alienware R8 that I had, the Aurora R8. Imagine that it's mm-hmm. an Aurora, my favorite ship, right? The uh, you know bit the dust. So I threw a little baby tantrum and curl up the corner and kick my heels for a while. Then I pulled on my big boy pants and my wife made me go down to Best Buy. So mm-hmm. uh, I get to Best Buy and I'm thinking, I'll just buy another computer uh, to replace it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally did not have any of the Alienwares or any of the gaming systems in stock. So it is order, order, order right now. Um, and, you know, as we know, transportation is a little bit messed up right now. So if you're in that situation, I would highly recommend you look at the parts that you can salvage from your system and then just go buy the motherboard, the power supply, and the CPU that's available. So that's what I'm attempting to do. I've done it in the past before, but I'm able to take my SSD, my hard drive, uh, my video card, which is a 2070, and I'm upgrading to a Ryzen uh, 7 5800X, um, mm-hmm. you know, CPU, which is an upgrade um, from what I had before. Um, and I've got a new case, and it was not that unreasonable a price. Um, it also mm-hmm. lets you kind of, with a little bit of help, I mean, there's a lot of people who have done it. If you haven't, it's relatively easy to do. Um you know, I watch Google a lot, but I've, I've done it many times in the past. Um, it, it really is kind of a, a straightforward thing to do. Um, and with any hope, with any luck, I will be able to boot and then kind of clean things up, you know, within, you know, within the next day or so. So uh, I would say that it's an alternative. You, you can't always get a video card right now, but you can get a better CPU and motherboard. Nice. Right. So. I mean, bad way to go. You know, hopefully you'll be all set for three fifteen going live, and hopefully yeah, well, it goes live this weekend. But yeah, I mean, I do have an older computer. I'm, I'm using a laptop now, but I do have a computer with a 1080 that I can use. I mean, I'm far from far far from hobbled. I'm just I just like to get this machine back up. Uh, yeah. So understandable. 
what about you, Chekhov? Any tips, tricks? The only tip I can think of is uh, don't recommend Harold as a purchase to your friends. <laughs> you didn't like the Harold? <laughs> oh, I love the Harold. It's just, it's not oh, for the everybody. It's the Harold. The Harold, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. It's a great looking ship on the inside. I, mean, yeah, I looks, like it. I think it looks really cool on the inside. I mean, it's it's not hard to figure out what it's for. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a mini Carrick. It's a, <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. data. A mini Carrick? Yeah. If that's a mini Carrick, I'd hate to see a big one. <laughs> I, I don't particularly like the Herald, but I don't like messy interiors. Yeah, it is but what's messy. kind of funny is like the Cuddy has a just fine interior, but it's just no frills. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. same with the same with the uh, Caterpillar. Yeah, but I mean, I look, they're very functional interiors, which I like, but in the, mm-hmm. but when you get in the, um, the, What's the one we were just talking about? The uh, Harold. Harold, that's it. I always want to call it Mercury, the uh, the other name for the god. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Harold. Uh, when you get inside, I mean, you're you know you're facing a bank of computers and servers, and there's blinking lights everywhere. And in the back, you got like this little hacker's living quarters, you know, with a coffee mm. pot, a bunk, no. some storage, uh, big open wiring bundles running through it. I, I just think, um, I really think it's one of those, you know, you could see yourself hiding behind an asteroid somewhere, all darkened out, just eavesdropping, you know, on comms and um, in that chair. I just think Intercepting it's really communications, yeah. Yeah, if it had two bunks, it might be even better, right? You have one seat for each Ugh. guy. I can't even picture being on a ship that small with two people. I think they're going to make it bigger, to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of surprised it's not, you know, it's. I'd be surprised if it's already sized to all the new changes they've made. Right. That's with the point. hallway and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I guess with one person, it's not so bad, but you're not wrong. But I, I thought it came out after metrics were established, I but I, I have no idea. It might be. If it is, that's, that's, that's cool. Doesn't mean they won't change it though. No. Um, you know, it's funny. You, um, if I were to have a, a Drake Herald, which I won't because I'd sooner have a Terrapin, but if I did, I would name it the Dennis Nedry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because I picture if he had a ship, that would be the one, just, you know, with maybe a few more, uh, you know, candy wrappers and you know desk toys um i do not have any tips to be honest with you um but i did almost forget that a bunch of people included their porn names uh in our discord so uh uh just to go over them mavros his name shall be snowy anaconda um MK3 <laughs> generic is Flip Call Flip Paul Michaels. Uh-huh. Uh thanks for all the fish is Sunny Rockridge. Oh, that's a good one. 
<laughs> Ursikin is Bingo Stoner Stonerich. Mm. <laughs> so very similar. Um, Jim Raymars is Laddie Edison. <laughs> That's interesting. Laddie Edison. Uh, Jaeger is Josie Cemetery. <laughs> that last one has me dead. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. So, some good ones there. Yeah, that was good. Oh. And now, dear friends, it brings us to everyone's favorite point of the evening for science. This is the part where I whisper because Boris, not Boris, sorry, Badger hates him. So does Amar. They really hate whispering. Oh, okay. They they were badgering me the other day saying that I was whispering. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they were teasing me saying I was whispering and that I was being anti... um, anti... uh, I'm trying to think of the most PC word of... uh, anti-disability or anti-handicap Oh, oh, oh. Gotcha. Leave it to those two. Yep, yep. They're <laughs> like the, they're like uh, troublemakers, the two of them. And then half the time they make trouble with each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so shout out, guys, you troublemakers. <laughs> but uh, for our new listeners, uh, for science is the segment where we talk about all the things we did in the name of science, whether it was um you know testing the game searching for an ex- a phenomena i'm sure once actual science comes out we'll start talking about the cool stuff that we found and jump points and everything unless it's secret and an org secret so uh, but when it's not we'll probably chat about it uh we did get one submission for science uh it's from captain karen and Captain Kieran says, I have a for science that may or may not be relevant. They're always relevant, Kieran. Um, so I did not bed log, but I flew my Connie, which was a loner, to PO and accidentally shut down the game before landing or bed logging. When I booted up the game six hours later, I was there in the mm-hmm. pilot seat, ready and waiting. I squealed a little bit inside. Must test this further. That is um, interesting. Kieran, no. was it in live or PTU? That's what I, I'm curious about. I actually would, you know what? I did the same thing once and I had the same thing happen to me. I think I've had something similar happen to me as yeah. well. Um, so, Seaguard, besides putting back together Humpty Dumpty computer, did you do anything for science since we last spoke? Um,. Not really. I uh, not really. No, no, no. Just hung okay. pictures on the wall this week and all my Star Citizen stuff, and my paraphernalia. By the way, speaking of hanging pictures on the wall, I went back to look at all the like subscriber flair I have. My hanger is going to be decked out. Mine is Pain- too. Paintings, mm-hmm. hollows, some yeah. cool Hello. stuff. Hello. <laughs> Good one, Seacard. What about you, Chekhov? I don't know if this qualifies as science, but we took out a ballista with Flavius. I knew you were going to bring I, that up. <laughs> and I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to work the missiles. So he got into the pilot seat and he, uh, you know, he managed to operate them. 
So we were doing a bunker mission and uh, kind of approached the figure, let's take out some turrets. So one thing we learned is that you really need to be quite away from your target. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to blow yourself up. Long story <laughs> short, there were three of us in a ballista. As soon as we launched them, you know, it blew the building up and us with it. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, Chekhov, did you go into missile operator mode when you were in the turret seat? Uh, yeah, well, he did. You have to you go to remote turret, right? And that what puts you into the missile operator. Oh, but I thought the remote turret was just the guns. But what about the... No, um... no, no, no. There are. That's in a ballista. Those are the missiles. The guns I actually control from the regular driver's seat. Oh, I thought you were saying he was in the driver's seat. Oh, no, okay. No, no. He was in the back. In the, in the oh, missile. okay. Yeah. That makes sense then. Um, I did some testing in the PTU. Uh, my tests were all about... Um, Really, if I'll be able to live on my Carrick um, come live. And so I was throwing stuff in the weapons lockers. I was storing a whole bunch of stuff in my ship inventory. I played around with the inventory a lot, just in general. And uh, several uh, logouts, both a bed logout in space, as well as logging out in a station. And lo and behold, my Carrick had everything that I had uh, left in it. The other thing that you'll notice in this new patch is weapons no longer um, create ammo as soon as you log into the game. So if you don't have any ammo for your weapon, you will persist in not having any ammo for your weapon. So you won't mm. even get that first round wow. of shots. So you have to stock up on ammo. Um and have that ready to go. So you can have it in but, your backpack and your personal inventory, your ship inventory. So there's a pretty consistent problem in PU. Ammo disappears. <laughs> Is that true for PTU? Uh, no. no I, hadn't, okay. I haven't noticed it, at least. I can't say whether or not because I haven't noticed it. Okay. Everything I had stayed. Um The one thing with the, the system that I noticed is clunky is when you're trying to pick up something, uh, say say I dropped a box for someone. So I, I decided, because I was trying, this is a, an example of, of what we were doing. I was trying to help Boris because um, he couldn't equip clothing or an armor set. So I was dropping boxes of armor and, and undersuits for him so he can use them. I couldn't you can't equip directly from you can't um you could equip from the box but you have to be wearing nothing if you're wearing something then you can't equip and you can't stow it you have to pick up the box hmm. and then hit your inventory and when you're in the inventory mode whatever inventory screen you want to drag the item to for some reason the box doesn't it doesn't um create whatever it is like say it was a helmet box it doesn't show it shows the external container but it shows the external container is empty you have to drag from the actual physical box over to whatever container you're going to put it in and then it will appear there so um, like i didn't inventory. know that it took a while 
Yeah, you exactly. Have to drag so that's what I was doing. The chips inventory and then put yeah. around. And if you're outside, mm-hmm. you're you're you can't do anything. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's just one thing to note because it, now the the loot boxes are different. The loot boxes you can drag from the from the loot box uh, into whatever inventory you have as long as there's space. Um, although I was finding for some reason, even though there was enough space for some of the guns, it wasn't putting them in there. So I don't know what that was about. But beyond that, it was it was it wasn't too bad. Um, so there's still a little clunk left, but not too too much. So they'll probably start to iron some of those things out and uh, really have a, a, a solid polish for the for the live patch. You know, I, I'll add one thing I did learn, and I actually learned this before my system crashed because um, I had played a couple of the patches in the in the uh, PTU, which is unusual for me. Yes, I it really is. found that you know the inventory was engrossing, right? I mean, it just drew you in, and you're constantly fiddling with it. But mm-hmm. it really is time consuming, right? Yeah, unless you're, unless you're just really lean about what you're you're bringing, it, it just takes time to get everything done. So it's not like you can just throw on some civilian clothes and get in the seat and you're done. It, it takes yeah. five minutes. You know, it's it's almost as long as it takes in real life. I mean, really. Yeah. No. Oh, I started to get pretty fast at it. <clears throat> yeah, you got to have a plan of what you want to bring. Um, yeah. And we're not incorporating weight yet, right? So, you know, if you're going to carry ammo, I, you know, having carried real ammo before, I wouldn't consider more than probably 250 rounds of ammo or a couple magazines, you know, maybe five to seven magazines. After that, you're... You're talking pretty heavy. And then water, you know, is also another thing in real life. You know, water gets heavy. So I suspect they'll be able to accurately portray those. And they will make your character probably more sluggish. So I would imagine they will do that. Um, Very good stuff. Super exciting. I guess we will see what's next. Um, Now, uh, last week, Seaguard, you had a great question. It was, what criteria should a ship have to get, uh, should have to get medical game, uh, medical capability? Consider this for Cutlass-like medical capabilities and also for Carrick 890 Jump type medical capabilities. Um, Mr. Nick Narell says, I am not in agreement with it, but they have a rock, paper, scissors style approach to balance based on this. Anything with medical capacity must pay for it in other ways. And and all three of those ships meet this detail. I'm guessing I, I actually don't. I sort of know what he's saying there. But yeah, I guess I'm trying to. Yeah, you gave up. You, you, mean, you had to get bigger to get a bathroom as one of them for sure. Yeah. Or medical, I mean medical. Yeah, um, but they gave up something else, right? I, I'm not sure. They well, gave not up. everything gave up something else. There's one ship that didn't get well. The level of the capability, I guess. Yeah, the Cutlass. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jim Raymar uh, said, "I think having the medical bed be a component that you could upgrade slash have different variants of would be a lot of fun. 
Maybe a Cuddy Red only gets two tier three beds, but you can have one set up for trauma and one set up for broken bones kind of thing. Um, it, if this was the case, then any ship with a bed could be a medical ship if you upgraded the bed and had spare power or whatever it took. This would let them take ships that are designed to be medical ships and put extra features in it that are nice to have slash helpful, which you wouldn't otherwise get from just putting a med bed in the Cutlass Black. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure they will get into more detail, like more depth with the beds and probably more variety. Um, yeah, and I mean, I look at the Carrick, and the Carrick definitely has like the bio scrub section where you get sanitized yeah. and you know and then you have the bed area um where that you can do the surgery and then you have the post-op you know normal medical beds for healing outside um the cutlass red is um definitely you know it's 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 kind of like an ambulance and i think it has two extra bunks in the back um yeah which i think is i think that's appropriate i mean so technically you'd have four injured people on board um you know, but I think you know when you get into something like I can't imagine a major industrial ship not be, not having some capability to temporarily treat you, right? You know, yeah, some ability. Um, you know, from you know cleaning out your eyes or you know better stocked pharmacy or better you know first aid section. Um, I just can't imagine something like the Orion or the. Uh, or the uh, what's the big uh, the salvage <clears throat> reclaimer? Yeah, the reclaimers having something right um, that just seems odd to me. And maybe they'll get added back in. Um, yeah. So and who knows? Yeah, and yeah. So who else do we got? I was uh, wandering. Um, I was wandering. <laughs> He's the wanderer. I was pontificating. Um, <laughs> no worries, uh, loon said, I think at the point of a constellation Aquila is where we should put in med beds or the at least the option to install one. You can take out either the crew seating dining area for one, either a tier three, and the larger ship, the higher the tier you can install, but clearly not have tier one type medical bed like a hospital or SNR roll ships. Search and rescue, that is. Say you install a med bed in an Andromeda, it should have to take a hit to DPS or something as balance. The Cutlass Red is a niche roll ship and is practically the ambulance of Star Citizen, just as the blue is the police cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also you look at the Cutlass Red, it's essentially a Cutlass that lacks a lot of firepower. <laughs> so, you know, it does sound like if that is the case, the med functionality is going to, you know, substantially hit a ship. And they, and they picked up different capabilities to go with that ship. You have the spotlight turret. I'm mm -hmm. sure you're going to have some kind of, you know, grappling. Uh, well, you have a tractor beam on the back to help recover things. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they have docking yeah, collars, the docking collars, the, you know, um, Absolutely, those things are you know those things are in exchange. Nick is right, in, he is right um, in those things. Um, yeah, I, you know, but and but I uh, do kind of like what 
you know, it was snorkel just or that was snorkel just a second ago you were talking about. Or is that so I do like his idea of maybe having an optional space in the ship, right? You get something that's you know relatively small, like it would be on a real ship, and say this can be an optional area. It could be communications. It could be medical. It could be you know whatever you desire, right? You can equip it. That would be kind yeah. of cool. Either that or some sort of temporary, something that has to go in your cargo hold, but that you can use, but has some sort of drawback. Right. Maybe. Or more advanced medical supplies than what we have now. That's right. Chekhov Chekhov and I could not be on the same ship with with a uh, medical hold. (laughs) I can just see it. They just opened the bay. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be all over the. Well, I also wonder, like, you look at the Carrick that has the, essentially, the the Tier 2 med bed and the recovery beds. Are those recovery beds aesthetic? Are they extra beds for NPCs or other crew that you rescue? Um, or will they have a function outside? Because it is, the med bay there is a, a good chunk of the ship. Yes, um, it is. And appears to have a lot of functionality, but does it, or is it mostly aesthetic and just interesting? Right. right. I think it's more than that, but, you know, I guess we'll see. Right. Uh, Boris Kraken says, I'm supportive of how they're doing it. Each ship has a role, not a Swiss Army knife approach, especially the smaller you go. Just like now, you can't just fit a medical setup in a van because you think it's cool. That's why special specialist vehicles are made. Yep. And, and I do agree with the method they're using. Good point. Sometimes I do yeah, like I think Eric, jack of all trades kind of ship, though, that does everything okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think the one interesting thing is the Carrick so far is pretty unparalleled and I'm waiting for them to give us a drawback. Um, not that I want one, keep it the way it is. Make it just the best, the goat of ships, you know, fine. Um, but granted, I think the reason those, all those features are there is because it is one of the few ships that is really, really, really intended to be out there at the frontier without anyone else. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and just like the, the 890 has a med bed, but that's really because they don't want any of their rich patrons dying on them without being able to spawn on the ship and continue their vacation with a slight trauma of death. <laughs> um, which ship like the hammerhead, I could almost see having one. Um, yeah, well, see, the, the thing is, a hammerhead in some of the combat ships, with the exception of ones that support fighters, I don't actually, or that support ground-based missions, I don't see the need, because there's, if you're not making landfall, or you're not leaving the ship often, you probably aren't as at risk, but I guess... You know, I mean, if that's the case, then why would a javelin have a med bay and why would a uh, Idris? But they do. Well, you're but always they're also get... supposed to support a fleet. 
you also have people that just get sick, right? And that's why you have an infirmary. You don't necessarily have to have an operating yeah. room, um, but you do have a corpsman or whatever. Um, you know, weapons accidents, you know, those things happen. People get their hands caught in parts they shouldn't. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's what I guess for me it would be, it's a very similar ship to a retaliator. Hmm. Roughly the same number of people. It's got, you know, it's bigger for sure. Um, and that kind of makes me go, yeah, maybe it should have had one, right? It's, hmm. it's kind of like a Coast Guard cutter is kind of how I see it. But And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I guess the, the thing when I'm thinking about it is I think about what's the intended role. And even though, even though it's not, um, you know, like, yes, uh, and, and I'm sure like fires will cause injury to people and other things like that, but um, they're still supposed to be part of a fleet. Yep, you know, the are. intended purpose is part of a fleet. Like, I would say one of the odd ones out that as far as I know, doesn't have a med bed, but should is probably the, um, the Kraken. Oh, good point. Yep. What on earth is my cat doing? Yeah, hmm. exactly. Um, and who knows, maybe the Banu, right? That's supposed to be a home ship. Um, so I guess those are the two that I'm thinking of. Um, so uh, Jaeger says, I like any large military ship. Oh, Perseus, Hammerhead. Um, he thinks any large military ship should have a tier three bed on it. Being combat ships, they should expect the crew to get wounded. Any capital ship that has a mobile base feel to it, Idris, Kraken, Endeavor, should at least have a tier two bed. That should always be on the ship and not part of a module like the Endeavor Hope. Although that would still add better medical capabilities. Purely industrial ships should not. I would not expect a whole D or E reclaimer or an Orion to have anything more than handheld medical capability and maybe like a defibrillator that hasn't been tested or expected for 20 years hanging on the wall. (laughs) Other than that, just specialist ships like the Apollo, Cuddy Red, and those with a dire need of one like the Carrick. Mm-hmm. Interesting POV, Jaeger. So I guess the uh, full medical capability in a tank is out. <laughs> <laughs> we should be able to swap the turret <laughs> for a med bed. <laughs> well, if you spin too much to the right, they fall out. The turrets fall off. That was always the thing. Yeah. Battle med. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Mavros, a.k.a. Snowy Anaconda, uh, (laughs) said, (laughs) 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 he would favor ships that are either designed with a certain role in mind, Apollo Triage, the Endeavor, or with enough space to afford the installation of the tech, Carrick 890 Jump, with better tiers. I totally understand that the Cutlass Red is sort of a modular Cutlass Black, maybe redesigned for efficiency, but still with the same space and general build. Those are not those that are not dedicated or big enough would have to sacrifice something to be able to get medical equipment. Okay. 
I also think I don't. I, well, well, why don't I share my thoughts afterwards? Because there's a few more. Um, actually, there's yeah, uh, Gothic with two Ks. Gothic um, says, I think the way that they're doing it is fine with it being a trade-off. Ships with better medical capability have less in the way of weapons or cargo space. I try to think about the Humvees we had in the military. The medical transport Humvee that would accompany us didn't have a turret gunner spot, just like the Cutlass Rat, and had a room for medics to treat their patients. Another good point. Uh, Captain Kieran says, I'd really like a medical ship to be geared up for the job. If it is dedicated, then it doesn't need the best firepower. But some is always a bonus, perhaps purely defensive like rear-facing turrets, as the idea is to get in and get out. Thinking EMT like the Cuddy Red. Other ships could have variants that sacrifice firepower for utility, stores for supplies, a med bed, perhaps onboard equipment for minor surgery, good shields and or armor. I'd probably vote for OP, OP shields so um, that the ship itself may remain fast and agile. Then a carrier-style ship that could dock with a few EMT-style ships that has more advanced facilities. Uh, would be cool to have a floating hospital in space and the Cuddy Reds dash from surface to it and vice versa. I'm loving the development of medical play. I can't wait to play a field medic. Uh, I can't wait to play field medic style, LMG in hand, heavy armor, wade through battles to patch up friendlies and lay down suppressive fire. That idea excites me. Me too, Kieran. Um, And then they had, they had that battle medic armor too. That looked really cool way back. Um, Which seems like they had like a case. Maybe that has all the different med pens or something or a bunch of supplies. Yeah. Um, MK3 generic, also known as Flip Paul Michaels, uh, <laughs> said, <laughs> I would expect big ships, which due to the field they operate in, have at least the lowest tier bed available. Imagine doing maintenance on the main shredder of the reclaimer, but you forgot to lock out lock out tag out the switches for it and someone turns it on um imagine placing a mining gadget on an asteroid and someone accidentally turns on one of the mining lasers of the orion right next to you and hitting the mining gadget both industrial cases a major accident is not far off or away while the locations where these vessels operate in might not have easy rapid access to top-tier medical support, a way to stabilize a traumatic injury is not something we should label as a nice-to-have. Thus, I do not expect small and medium ships to have medical bays by default, maybe not even big ships such as the aforementioned in most cases, but the option should be present, and naturally, you would need to give up something for this extra. For deep space, I would expect being able to stabilize a patient to arrange a rendezvous with a medical vessel, since those might not have the required range and speed combination for the area where the incident took place. P.S. Then again, 
There might be more medical gameplay coming once resources become available, which might allow us to do that without the requirement of medical beds. True. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And, and my guess would be medical beds make it easy. They don't make it possible. That's my guess long term. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. like, or else medical gameplay really isn't gameplay. Right. You know, right. it might as well be box delivery. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I also think med beds will get more like, challenging. I like the defli- defibrillator idea and, you know, the wall yeah. one, um, you know, things like that, I think, are for great ideas. Yeah. I wonder how they will advance it because I don't know quite how they're going to do it. But the, what I was thinking about is I think they should change how they, how they decide. I don't think regeneration and tears should be tied together. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think something like a cutty red should be able to, I, I think most ships should be able to heal, you know, the ones with med beds should be able to heal temporarily most things enough so that you don't have to go to a hospital right away. A cutty black doesn't heal injuries enough. It won't heal injury. Like when, when you get injuries that are, are cutty black, cutty red, uh, you know, maybe this is me not knowing enough about injuries yet. Cause I haven't encountered true quote unquote injuries, but a cutty red doesn't really heal most injuries. Um, you know, uh, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, most injuries take a while to get to tier one. Most of them start off as sort of tier three, except for where they're located. Like if, I think if you get a head injury, it's at least a tier two, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know. Never mind. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I don't know. They may want to consider breaking it out more than just those tiers and making them so specific. You know. So you. So let me see if I can. Ref- if I understood it correctly, you're saying that being able to heal someone completely should not be limited to the highest level of support. It should be possible, um, but more difficult with the less equipment you have. Yeah, and I'm saying, well, I'm saying at the very least, any med bed should be able to temporarily heal anything. Gotcha, gotcha. But a broken arm, you might heal it and stabilize it, and so you might be able to fight one-handed still. You'll still have to go to a hospital or a higher tier med bed in order to fix it, but you can put your arm in a sling, you know, that kind of thing. So like you can still operate out in the field. You don't have to rush back, especially if you're out in the furthest reaches. Because the one thing that this does create then is you have to do one of two things. If, for instance, for us as explorers, now as much as I love the Carrick and think it's the best ship, I don't think someone who wants to be an explorer should have to use a Carrick to be successful. But if you limit healing first of all it doesn't make sense to me that you can't heal all injuries 
but you can respawn. That seems weird to me. Right? Like, oh, it has enough in the, it has the capability that if you die, it can recreate your entire body, but it can't heal an injury, hmm. a certain type of injury. Now, I don't, I haven't seen any tier one injuries, and I think they're extremely life threatening, but you don't want a ship at the farthest reaches of space not being able to heal something like that. Now, granted, if it's life-threatening and you can't heal it, it'll you'll just die and respawn, and at which point you're back in the med bed um, that you're trying to heal in anyway. But I think, at the very least, a Tier 1 injury should be able to be impacted by a Tier 2 bed to a point where you could suffer long-term damage if you don't address it at some point, but you'll be okay. You'll live... You might not even have to recover, but you have to be careful, mm-hmm. right? So maybe like a stable state versus an instable state. I um, get you. I get and maybe you. that's something that'll come. Uh, but I don't want the the scenario to be where in order to, to explore the furthest depths of space, you either have to have a Carrick because it's the only ship that can really accommodate that for you. Or you have to have an entire fleet because I'm guessing that won't be economical. Right. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's good. the last of the, the responses. Any, any comments outside of what we already talked about? Seaguard? Um, no, I think, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you got that much response back. Yeah, it, it was a great response. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Oh, that's uh, very engaging. I'm also very surprised to see how many people are actually. I mean, great, great questions. To that. We're going to have um, to come up with the Reed Hospital team. We yeah, can exactly. search and rescue section, but I mean, we're going to have to get out of exploration and engineering, and we're going to have to go into just medical yeah more mud (laughs) i mean i could imagine search and rescue being run out of a hope class endeavor yeah i Um, have one i have one speaking of the hope class endeavor um friend of the show um star jump grim uh had they they started a podcast it's a youtube podcast so you see faces and everything but their most recent episode, I think it's the most recent as far as I am uh, concerned, is all about the Endeavor and theory crafting around the Endeavor, uh, talking about the likelihood of the size change, going through the different variants. Uh, because Grimm's modeled all these different things because they're doing a really interesting fleet viewer, um, he shows people what, what, what it looks like. I highly recommend checking that out if you like watching very lengthy conversations about ships, which I do. (laughs) I do. And another interesting thing tied to medical, since, since we're already talking about it, if you haven't already, there's a lore post. Um, Have you seen this? Have either of you read it? It's uh, called the um, hang on. I'm going to pull it up uh, because I don't want to misname it for people who are looking for it. Uh, It's called far from home. Um, which is an in-game, it's an in-lore 
um, essentially like blog or vlog or audio. Like it's, it's, I think it's actually audio only. It's like an in-game podcast um, by someone who's a long hauler. And so the the topic of the episode that he discusses is he visits a friend of his who confessed to him that she died for the first time and luckily spent the money to regen and he hasn't regen yet. It actually, if, if you read it, it really sounds like kind of like the uh, debate right now on to whether or not to get the vaccine. Um, but it's really good. It's a really interesting piece. And I thought you'd find it interesting Seaguard, cause it's essentially a logistics guy talking about his friend doing regen and how he feels about it and whether or not he's going to consider it. Oh, interesting. I will. I, yeah. I think I've, I remember something about the trucker blog. Yeah. He, he has several, he has several posts um, on spectrum dispatch. Um, so it's an interesting read. I might go back and read the rest of his. Yeah. I'll have to go look that up. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it it was funny. Like it just it's just one of those things like if I, I was going back because he mentions a system I'm not familiar with, uh the Tyrol system. And he visits his friend at the Tyrol system, and there is a landing zone on one of the planets. So Tyrol is similar to Pyro in the sense that and it as I, I think it connects to Pyro, but it's similar in the sense that it's pretty um you know, environmentally dangerous. Um, in this case, there's two stars and they don't know when, but likelihood is that system's not around for a long period of time. Supposedly. Um, I would imagine, uh, there's going to be, you're going to need a lot of shielding and, uh, such, but Haven is a landing zone there and it's built inside, um, uh, in cliff walls in canyons. So that people are sheltered from the radiation from essentially these dying, dying stars. Gotcha. Um, So, you know, it sounds really super interesting. And uh, I, I, so I was looking for concept art for it and I was having a hard time finding it. And I discovered in my search for it, how much concept art there truly is in the game. Huge amount. Huge. It's uh, you know I'm I'm amazed every time I open the you know the magazine digitally yeah. made you know and there's just or the uh, screensavers or the different versions of the yeah. ships concepts. I mean, there's any of you know I see every time I see a concept ship layout, I'm like, well, any of those would have been really cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Out of curiosity, did did either of you see the new Pembroke armor that's coming out? It's a, yes, it's I also did. subscriber flare. What do you think of the look of it? I like it. I mean, kind of reminds me of the Iron Man look. Um, the original, bit, yeah, yeah. If the if the Michelin Man had had a kid with Iron Man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I like it. I think it's good, and uh, I'm not sure if if it's the you know, I got that special suit of armor, you know, when you could first buy those gift bags, digital gift bags. Yeah. And I, I think I got the Pembroke on in that armor. No, uh, you got the other one. 
the um, okay. Novikov. So I get to keep my Novikov. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the Novikov. So for those who don't know, Pembroke has been for extremely hot environments and Novikov has been for cold environments. Okay. They added a new, they changed the Pembroke so that it didn't look just like the Novikov. And it looks essentially like a hyper insulated suit. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I think it, 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 yes, it looks a little silly, but it looks, it looks like it's fit for function way more to me. Yeah. Because yeah. having two identical looking pieces of armor serve completely opposite functions didn't seem really correct. Interesting to me. It seems it looks like a fireman's suit is what it looks yeah. like. Exactly. Um, what, what I, the one feature about it that I noticed, um, is it has that little hook in the middle. Did you see that with like the, no. with the tensile wire? It has a spool of wire with a hook, almost like it's a Jeep, you know? Mm. I wonder oh, if, I wonder what that, why that's there, if it's just for visual aesthetics or if that'll be usable. That will be interesting. Yeah. But I'm probably um, going to get all three, to be honest with you. I like all of them. Unfortunately, the subscriber flare that I get is an orange one, but I think I'll get all three as well. Yeah, I, I just want one for different ships, right? I mean, I want to yeah. leave on ships. The, the only other thing I would say is they don't look like they fit in suit lockers. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that is. But you a, know what? It might just be the picture because the Novikov is pretty chunky too, and that fit in the Carrick suit locker just fine. Yeah. Yeah, and it, but I don't have a problem with having something stored in boxes in a utility room. Ship, Me neither. Right? Me neither. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea of almost having like a hall of suits, almost like Iron Man. Oh, no doubt about that. Definitely. And I would probably put it in, if I were to do it, I'd probably have five different suits in the airlock near the vehicle bay. That's why I would be too. One for and each then, with me. Yeah, or at least like two and one and or whatever. And then the six in the back are actually armor, armor. Right, right. You know, like yeah. a three medium, three heavy. Uh, anyway, okay, sorry. I digress. I, I just, there's a lot of interesting little things I noticed and I just couldn't help but bring it up. Chekhov, did you see that armor or are you? I, no, I haven't seen it, but yeah. I heard that it's much better now. It doesn't cover your... Multi glass, it's more functional. Uh, maybe I don't know. I haven't. I, I haven't seen it in game, but I don't know. I haven't checked it. I know it's attributed to my account. So, right. um, and then we had a, a few questions on the Q and A. Uh, Jim Raymar asks: In the last episode, you mentioned that when your ship explodes, the inventory becomes boxes. Do you think this will make piracy a way to make money? Um, i.e. trap a hauler, blow it up, scoop the cargo, and sell it. Um, what do you think, Seagard? One way. Um, but I think a more skillful pirate will actually stop the ship, steal the ship. Yeah. You know, why because then they anything? could eventually sell the ship, too. Yeah, you just take the ship. You know, everything. Take it off. Drive it, drag it away. Yeah. Maybe with one of those, what is it, the SRV? You just drag the Hulk away with all the cargo on board. Yeah, and salvage all the parts off of the ship. Chop yeah. chop. That'll probably be easier than selling the ship. 
Uh, what about you, Chekhov? Um, yeah, I would probably do the same. Yeah. Just drive it away. I'll say right now I don't know if it makes a box with your cargo, like, you know, purchased cargo. It. I know it makes a box from your inventory. So I don't know if right now, I, I'm sure it will increase a little bit of piracy because people will want to steal what's in your inventory. And I believe scanning will reveal what's in your ship's inventory. Um, so if they think that they could, you know, I can see a, a certain somebody who thinks we're care bears, a Kilgore type, um, blowing up one of like blowing up my character just so he could get all of our weapons and stock one of his ships with a bunch of weapons. Um, but I don't think it will be as much as something else, you know, like I think down the road, it definitely will be. Um, it depends on if you can, I, I'll have to test if the, uh, cargo that's on the grid also ends up in the box. Cause right now the ship's inventory ends up in a box that you can carry mm -hmm. by, by hand, which is weird. Yeah. Although, you know what? I say that only because the one ship I blew up only had one item in it. So I actually don't know. It could be several boxes. Another thing to test. Probably Ooh. while the PTU is still alive, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, Gothic asks, do you see them implementing hospital ships stations that are in a fixed location like the Navy's Comfort in-game? What do you think? Uh, Say that yeah. again. What's that one again? Do you think? Do you see them implementing hospital ships slash stations that are in a fixed location, like the Navy's Comfort? I, um, I, I think they might. There'll be like a fleet asset that we might see occasionally for a natural disaster. Mm. Um, you know, I can see missions to defend it and things like that. But I think you're more likely to see like um, AI driven um, Coast Guard, you know, cutlasses, right? Like a force mm -hmm. and rescue, search and rescue ships and things like that. Yeah. I would, I would have to believe that big industrial planets that rely on trade would offer that as a perk, you know, services for coming to their area, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chekhov? Yeah, I guess depending on the system that they're in, you know, for, well, I'm not sure what virus can I have as far as, you know, hospitals, you know, they make that probably a good uh, system to have something like that in. Yeah, I, I would imagine Pyro is just going to be a hellscape, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you, still, you have to fix people up. I mean, they're going to get injured. Yeah. I wonder maybe Ruin Station will have a, a tier one hospital and then the space stations will have tier two, you know, clinics mm -hmm. just like we have now. Yeah. They have to be able to heal pirates without going into a lawful system. So they, they just have to, um, or else it's, you know, they, they won't incentivize pirates to exist. And not that I want a ton of piracy, but I do want the occasional emergent gameplay. 
Um, Stewie13 says, with the server wipe upcoming, I'm curious how many wipes each host has experienced themselves in Star Citizen career and how it's affected your gameplay. I never gave it much thought until I tested 3.15 in the PTU and realized it's closer to happening than I thought. Curious to what everyone plans on doing, if anything. Um, Seagard? Yeah, I, I think I've been in one or two. Um, and to be honest with you, my gameplay hasn't changed that much because I, early on I bought a lot of the, um, like when they were first putting out the the market where you can actually buy things for dollars and things like that. I actually bought, you know, chin turrets and things like that for the, for the anvil hornet. And I bought some, you know, weapons that way. And all those accumulated into credits when they were no longer usable in the game. So I get, you know, about 150 credits now, every time we restart. And, uh, and, and I do have a lot of ships. I put a lot of money into the game way too much. Um, So I'm not, I'm not really out there kind of trying to buy that next ship. What I'm really trying to do is just utilize my ships to have fun. So for me, uh, I'll talk about it in our question for tonight, but it's around kind of around this subject. Um, my play style for this one will be different because I'm trying to figure out what to do with my 150. All right, I could buy cargo, I could buy equipment, I could do a couple of things, but we'll talk about that in my next question. So nice. I haven't put it out there yet. So Yeah, I and I forgot to I always forget to have you ask mm-hmm. it when it's the time. <laughs> so we always end up asking it before we finish the episode. Uh Chekhov, what do you what do you think? Uh well yeah, that's actually a good question. Well, it's a good question for me because I it was a part of one wipe, and it didn't hurt as much. I mm. only lost back then. I really did not uh, play all the game loops. I only did primarily mining and a little bit of cargo hauling, but only not even on my own ship. I didn't have one. The only ship I had was a prospector that I lost with that wipe. Mm. So it didn't hurt that much. This time around, I'm losing about a dozen ships, a bunch of ground vehicles, so pretty much everything. And uh, and I'm actually okay with it because at first that you know remember I used to talk like on every patch oh my god the wipe is coming wipe is coming but I think this is a good wipe because they sort of they're taking a lot away but they're giving so much you know they're giving so much functionality plus I uh, I mean me personally it's not a question of money I mean so much uh, I mean I spend on hardware for this game quite a bit. But it's, I just hate to pay to play. I, you know, that kind of removes challenge for me. It becomes totally boring. I like the grinding game. I, I need a goal to strive for, and that's what brings me, keeps on bringing me back. So uh, I have a game plan this time around. I am gonna start with a little bit of investment, but I still don't want to invest that much. I want to really grind for everything I can. Um, in the game, and I and I think I'm, I'm gonna go for a big ship. I actually think I'm gonna go for a carrier. The more I think about it, nice. Yep, because nice. uh, I'm confident that we're not gonna get another wipe for a long time, and they're not gonna. Uh, they have an ability uh, not to wipe everything this time around. So yeah. again, this is just my personal opinion. Yeah. It's not a financial advice, so don't take it. 
yeah. <laughs> but I think that we're pretty safe grinding for a light ship because we could hold on to it for a while. Well, and even even if not, for some reason, the idea of a wipe doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Maybe because there have been so many spaces in between them that we've been allowed to, you know, really build things up and see how fast we could. But I'm sure now they're also, I bet you they're really tuning into how quickly Chekhov gets his Carrick and how quickly, you know, things are purchasable so they could start to tweak how expensive they are right. as a baseline. Because eventually they'll, you know, a Carrick price won't be the same every day. It'll vary based on the economy. Sure. Yeah, and um, there has to be one more wipe. I mean, we we will uh, get a wipe at major milestones like beta, right? You know, before going live. But I but I truly believe that's when the next wipes will come. They're not going to come in patches. They're going to come at major milestones from this point. You're on. actually answering part of the next question, by the way, uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, funny okay. enough. Um, and and it also references your paranoia of wipes. Um, so I, I would say, uh, Seagard, you've been through way more than a few wipes because every, every patch used to be a wipe or almost every patch used to be a wipe. Yeah, Um, I guess you But so, I mean, I think I've been through, I'm going to guess like 15, maybe, uh, and it affected my gameplay. Not much. I think. Well, actually, I would say the wipes affected my gameplay in the sense that I never played with purpose until we had some level of persistence. Um, so, you know, my gameplay was very much a, um, you know, what's everyone else doing? I don't care if it's making money or not. And then once they introduced persistence, then I was playing for money, even though I didn't have a goal for that money because... I knew we were going to get wiped at some point. So my main goal for the money, especially because I have plenty of ships was um, to have money in case someone needed something Uh, similar to like Seaguard runs light on the cash usually because he gives so much of it away to other people. Right. Um, Yeah, that's true. But people give me money all the time too. Yeah. Well, it's a quid pro quo Clarice. Yeah. Um, But also, you know, unfortunately with the wipes, you lose the, the equipment, you know, some of these larger ships, it takes quite a bit to, to get them equipped. Well, yeah, that's like, I won't be playing with my Carrick for a while after the wipe. Um, so that, that goes to how it's going to change my gameplay next is I'm not going to have enough money to afford a TS two, which means I'm not flying a Carrick until I can. Um, and even then I don't have a reason to fly the Carrick until I can afford a TS two and probably start cargo hauling. So, um, you know, I'm probably either going to do low-level cargo hauling or bounty missions or, um, you know, group missions, probably more likely like the ground-based assault missions where I can either be a medic or we have enough people to protect each other because that combo of the wipe, inventory management, and, um, you know, dying, I don't want to have to die because I don't know how far my objectives will be from where all my ships are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. And then Captain Kieran 
asks or states further to Stewie's question, how many more wipes do you think we'll experience before release? And when do you think the final wipe will be? Will we go from, uh, will it be going from beta into the launch of the game or will there be a pre beta wipe and then a pre release wipe? Interested to know your thoughts. What do you think Seaguard? How many more wipes? Um, I'm going to put it at three. Three total. And I'm going to put the last one being um, I would say two months prior or two weeks prior to go live. Why two weeks? To get to not provide too much of an um, a incentive, and and you don't want to give the new players that come in and have never played it before that much of a disadvantage. But you also don't want to punish your players who have slogged through rewipe and wipe and wipe and donated yeah. money to the cause and everything else along the way. Um, I would be perfectly satisfied if we all went back to the same starting amounts. I, you know, on day one, I won't have a problem with it, but I suspect they will give us some kind of advantage, right? Um, and I, and I also think, like, if you play Squadron Forty Two, there'll be some advantage financially for finishing that. Yeah, you'll probably be awarded some cash. Right, that's what I think—a pension, even. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a good point. Or or definitely some rep where certain things will be cheaper. Like you're a vet, you know, I've got the vet veterans discount. The I right. bet you that will happen for sure. Yeah. Uh check off. Yeah. You, well, you I, already I, sort of shared, but what do you think? Yeah, I think I answered the question. So in my view, uh not counting this one, it would be two. But one thing, of course, we have to remember that we're playing with Alpha EC. So mm-hmm. definitely before we go live, you know, all bets are off. Alpha is definitely off the table. And we all know, we were told what our EUC, true EUC amounts are. That's that what we bought into the game with. So Yeah. I think, um, I think at least three. Um, I have a feeling server meshing, they'll wipe. Um, because they'll want to start from scratch um, and then, you know, because different shards might have different things and they probably won't want to import all of your stuff into a shard and try and keep track of it. That's just my guess. I could be wrong. And then I do think maybe pre-beta, maybe. Um, Definitely pre-launch. Second question, he said, how does Jack... Jack off. How does Jack off <laughs> feel about the wipes now? I remember the early days of the podcast. He was terrified every single patch that there was going to be a wipe. Smiley face. How are you feeling now? Check off. He, he I put insert Russian accent, by the way. I think I answered that question too. Yeah. 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 You seem That's just it. fine with it. Yeah. Now it's, it's all good because you got to have a plan. See, as uh, you know, I think I forgot who told me. You know, you 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 only stress, you know, and become anxious, but you don't have a plan. Once you have a plan, then everything is 
in the smooth sailing. So yeah, yeah. now that I have a plan, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah. And, and by the way, hey, diddle, diddle, straight up the middle is not a plan. Neither is scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially Chekhov. I, I mean, we started recording this podcast. You had, what, less than a year of experience in the game? Yeah. You pretty much were like, I have the newbie point of view. Uh, now I think you sort of, you already sort of know your route to market, so to speak. Um, yeah, yeah, but but I am I I have a very different perspective on the game because again I am you know most of our a lot of our org members have a lot of ships I I still mm-hmm. don't few of us don't and so I do have a different goals and different perspective from, yeah. from so that I yes I do know the game yeah. you know I, at least I think so you know I know where all the tools are and and again this is another point that I want to make you know. There are lots of third-party tools when it comes to this uh, game, so you don't really need to know, you know, and and learn the game by just playing it. You actually, mm-hmm. if you want to spend the time, and that's how I learned a lot of things, is by actually really digging into third-party resources. They're very valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty, um, and the new game glass is out, which looks great. I haven't installed it yet, or updated it yet but i will and i'll probably start using it um because it looks awesome i think long term i'm gonna rig out my desk with a nice desktop a couple monitors and i'll get some good stands for my ipad and maybe i'll um maybe maybe i'll get like an ipod touch or something for Mm. a smaller one like right out in front i need a better desk because my desk right now doesn't have a keyboard tray so I sit up and I have my laptop and everything. But once I have a keyboard tray, then I can put some stuff in front of the screens and around the sides. And I'm never going to do a sim pit because I live in New York City and it's impractical. But So, by the way, if you want to get the, most, the, the best way to get the, 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 I guess, several HUDs in front of you, the most economical, is to get the Amazon Fire uh, pads because those are a lot less and, and uh, they'll do the job. Yeah. And I could just leave them here instead of, instead of like, I actually use my iPad for other things. Yep, exactly. You just mm-hmm. permanently leave them there and you can have a couple set up, you know, one for your, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weapons, maybe another one for mining. And... Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Check off. I probably will eventually do that. Um, and then maybe start to increase some of the and you know the what they say tools <laughs> once you go joysticks you never go back i don't have joysticks um and maybe that that'll be the last thing i do probably it just creates a whole different sort of immersion to the game especially with the larger ships like i'm yeah. enjoying flying you know the, the, the Connie so much with joysticks it's really and your dual joystick? Yeah, dual joystick. Hotas. Yeah, and your Hotas. Right. So, to dual joystick is if you, really, in my perspective, if you really want to get into dog fighting, like for you, I think you probably do better with the Hotas and the joystick because that's more realistic type of a, a play. 
well, it's interesting because it's a realistic type of play, but for some reason it will probably bother me because the Carrick has two sticks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> if, if that's your favorite chip, you and and you're actually going to see the simulation as you're moving the joysticks. Yeah, the original the original Aurora had the exact joystick and throttle that I have, which oh, was funny. Nice. It was the Satec, you know, yeah. X fifty two, which is the lowest one, but it, I've used it for you know probably eight years now, seven years. Oh, nice! But yeah. you know what's missing in the game? Uh, f- from a simulation perspective, only one of them moves. In other words, interesting. You, interesting. Yeah. Really? Yep. Only one of them moves in game. The other one doesn't. No, I've I could have swore I saw both of mine move. I miss the good old days yeah. when your arm, your elbows would break and your wrists would break to grab the. <laughs> <stick. laughs> I yeah. mean, I ate a hot dog the other day, and my arm wrapped around it. <laughs> Did you eat your arm, too? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it looked like a tentacle, sort of, yeah. And I also grabbed one of the double dogs, and for some reason, my character also simultaneously flung it, and then gr- like quickly, almost like he made a mistake, quickly reached and grabbed another hot dog off the counter. It's funny. It's got a hair in it. I'm guessing it was a desync accidental double click. Yeah, but funny. it was it was really weird. And and I think it was VMZO who was behind me, and he's like, "You just threw a hot dog on the ground." Hmm. He's like, "You're gonna eat that." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you gonna eat that? Now, Chekhov, your sticks, are they attached to your desk or your chair? No, they're not attached. They're just sitting on top of my desk. Oh. Yeah, that would uh, be... Do those work fine for you, or is it a little too high? They they kind of do, because what I do is I lift my chair, and I'm almost in line. And these are the, the gladiators, so they have a very heavy base. They don't move oh. at all. Nice. What about you, Sweetheart? So it's funny. I have the you know the, the I have a full cockpit. It's by Volair Sims for my flight sims, and I just put a fifty-five inch TV on it. Um, but I don't play Star Citizen on that. I actually play Star Citizen on my other lap, on my other desktop, using my X fifty twos on my desk, either side of my keyboard. So wow, yeah. I mean, I just <clears throat> it's a nice setup for this. I may eventually move over there, but I've got I've got and I've got the great stuff on that i mean i've got verbal stuff i mean it, it's it's a beautiful setup but um i you know it's it's kind of cl- crowded even my desk is kind of crowded between my work stuff and my my because i use a laptop for work mm. um yeah it, it's kind of tough i i kind of like the space of the desk and the fact that i sit upright i don't sit close to the ground in the cockpit you know, the cockpit's very low to the ground, so it's not, uh, it's a little harder for me to get in and out of. Um, so, Yeah, I need to just upgrade my home office stuff in general. Like, I got a really junky desk, and it's wobbly, so I wouldn't be able to put joysticks on that without wiggling everything. The only cool thing I have in my – because my office, I don't have an, a separate office. I could, actually, because I do have a spare bedroom, but I have my workout equipment in there, is um, – 
I have hue lights, which look kind of cool. So I could change them to different colors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only cool thing I have. Uh, anyway, cool. I'm, uh, thank you for all your insights because over the, over the next year, I will be slowly upgrading. First will probably be a new computer, then will be a new desk, and then <laughs> will be the peripherals. Um, uh, Seagard, what is your question for the week? So this one is uh, this one is built around our reset. Okay, so as I'm um, an entrepreneur in the in the galaxy, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, the question is. If a certain Viking spaceman had a spare 100,000 EUAC to invest in your in-game business endeavors, how would you use it and what would you provide in return to the lender? Okay, that's a great question. I Originally, I was uh, thinking about... Um, you know, within the org, I think we have two options within the org, right? Um, we could take one approach that said, "Let's pool our money. Let's pool our money, mm-hmm. and let's invest in a couple really good ships, and let's go mine, right?" Or we could go, "Let's, you know, let's ramp up all the mining ships, and let's go, or, or the not the mining ships, the fighters, and let's go clear bounties, right?" Um, you know, we have enough care, enough players with with large number of ships where we're going to get 150,000 credits each um, to start with. Right. It's a, and that's, you know, you pull a couple of those together, you can actually start making some money right off the bat. You can distribute. Um, We can also lend ships to each other. Um, So, you know, if anyone out there has, especially anyone in the different org, um, you know, any ideas around that would be uh, very useful. Right. Mm. Excellent. Great question. Um, so if you have any questions of your own, if you want to respond to Seagard's excellent question about his patronage, if you want to tell us what you did for science, if you have a tip or trick, if you want to tell me how you set up your joysticks, uh, any, any suggestions, recommendations, thoughts, feelings, if you want to call us Care Bears, whatever you want, uh, you can do so many a different way. You can email us that. Why do I always sort of like speed up? I should actually just record this separate and tag it at the end, but you know. I'll I'll make one more offer too. Oh, sure. Since we have some newer, and I think we have four new guys right now, and the fifth one is about ready to get on um, very soon. Um, If anyone, you know, is worried about making money, I will gladly pilot my my uh, mole or uh, lend you my prospect or whatever you want to do. I will gladly uh, make that available. I'll just pilot for you or just ride along in it. I don't care. Um, and you guys can mind your heart's content and split the profits. Right. So that should help some people get up at least into something a little bit better than maybe what they have. You know, yeah. I just uh, thought of something. Uh if uh, if you were to lend me your fighter, right, and I and I uh, go do a bounty, will I get paid or will you get paid? Right, it's only cargo hauling that I cannot. Even even if you log off the server, right, 
As long even as I take you, the bounty, right? I'm good. I think you can even sell the cargo on the ship. No, no, no. That I definitely cannot. Yeah, the owner has to sell the cargo. Right. So, so, but that's a good point because a lot of times, uh, you know, so for, for the, again, for the new players that don't have the money, you know, cargo you cannot do, but, but you could certainly borrow a fighter, you know, uh, from any one of us. We could log off and you can go ahead, uh, you know, play to your content, you know, do bounties and make money. Well, you have to be on for them to use your fighter. If you don't, they'll, it'll get sucked back in when you log do, out. Do you? I don't think you do. Do. I thought you had to. No, I think if that's ship... the case. I'll gladly lend that. You know, I've got so many. No, and you know, if a group of you want to take out, you know, want to start with an even amount, and let's say you want to start with, you know, three freelancers, and you need, you know, I'll split up some money and let you start. And you guys can just pay me back a little percentage, and you know, that's how I'll make my money this time. Yeah, I, I think that as long as they they don't get out of the ship. The, the fighter will stick around. I do not recall. Yeah, that would be great. If Well, we could try it in game. But, uh, yeah, I have, you know, I have a couple of good fighters, and uh, I'm more than willing to share any of them or pilot any of them. Um, loan you some cash or credits. Don't even need interest back. But it would be You're nice. so generous, Seeger. Mm-hmm. Well, so I got all the ships to let people have fun. Um, I do not have any fighters to lend you unless you want to borrow a Cuddy Black. Because <laughs> um, that is the closest thing to a fighter I own. Just remember, it's always... I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's always good etiquette. If you fly an airplane out, you should always fly it back in. It's oh, yeah. Weird. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and clean it and refuel it. That's right. right. Uh, Parts in the, the box do not work <laughs> in the station that you left yeah. from, ideally. Oh yeah, right now that matters too. That's, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Don't strand it somewhere for the person to uh, get it, and then you know if not, you know, probably should give people a little bit of a repair fee if you're borrowing a ship. It, it'll be interesting once you can actually attribute roles and responsibilities and and maybe not ownership, but permissions to ships, especially, um, you know, if they do end up giving you the ability to essentially loan out your ship to the org. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the hope eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could, I could foresee that being a really interesting conundrum because there are ships that I wouldn't want to lend out to the orc because I don't want to put myself in a position where I don't have access to it. Right. Um, But that would be my single seaters, my larger ships, like my Orion. um, I would imagine, yeah, I'd like to be part of the planning process, but if, if the org needed it for something and I'm not on then go ahead, take it just Bring it back in one piece or replace it. Yeah, I, would, I would love to be out there on the ship. Ooh, um, me too. Sleeping in a bunk, but crews running it 24 hours a day. Like our, the guys from Australia would come on, run the ship. I'm still on the ship sleeping. The next crew comes on from the U.S. or from Europe. They run the ship for a while. I just stay out there. <laughs> I think that would yeah. be a blast. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to be interesting, you know, wow, I love how we don't end an episode by ending an episode. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, sorry, I dragged you down this time. Oh, not at all, because there's interesting stuff to talk about. Um, but what I find interesting is if you think about it, they've said, um, you know, you're not going to be able to, uh, if someone logged out in a bed, you won't be able to log out in that bed. That That's a ship requirement that you won't be able to do. So will your body be in the bed? And if so, what's that mean if somebody steals the ship or blows the ship up? That means you die. That's why I plan on being out there, not to die, but to risk that, right? That's the fun. Yeah. Imagine you, someone kills you by accident because they weren't good with your ship. Well, Nor I'm goal. sure we won't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. Don't let certain, like it'd be like, but at the same time, the people you trust are the only ones who will have access. Yeah. Yeah. I actually plan on, you know, in the end, I plan on loaning my own ships to my other character and playing that other character more. Right. My main character, I really want to see how long I can keep him alive. Um, You know, he'll have all the valuable stuff, but, uh, Man, that'd be cool to keep him alive for for ages, and he truly becomes the old man, and yeah, just the investor. (laughs) I uh, I definitely want to try and not die. That's me. Yeah, at all. It's going to be hard, though. Yeah, (laughs) let's face Mm -hmm. it. And I mean, even after the bugs are gone, it's going to be hard. This isn't an easy game to survive in. Yeah. That's how I like to play games. I definitely, uh, I'd rather run away than get the, than, than potentially die at, you know, um, yeah, it's the realism thing, right? Uh, mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, now that we've, uh, moved past the false ending, let's make it official. Uh, as I was saying, if you do want to, um, contribute any comments, thoughts, feelings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, oh, sorry, I hit my microphone. Uh, you can do so by emailing readcastsc at gmail.com. Uh, you can DM our Twitter handle, which never happens, but feel free to do so at readcastsc. You could submit a message through Anchor. It's a voice message. Sounds real nice. You're like, hey there, guys. It's blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, on our Readcast Discord, uh, you could join that, interact. There's a, a handful of channels for the different topic topic areas that we have after this, I will go in and add a tips and tricks because I keep forgetting to do that. And then last but not least, you can text or leave a voicemail on a Google voice uh, number. That is 646-783-8154. As always, if you are thinking about exploring the verse with a crew of dedicated explorers, researchers, engineers, Uh, as well as folks who are fighting to keep those people safe, you can take a look at Reed. We are um, a respectful, law-abiding org. No piracy here. It stands for Research and Engineering through Exploration and Discovery. Um, We also have several content creators in the org, uh, so don't forget to watch out for Earth's videos on YouTube. It's spelled O-Earth, 
um, or listen to the music that Admiral Cody and Calibri have been creating. All of their music includes everything in our show, as well as a whole soundtrack inspired by Reed and Star Citizen. Links for all of those things can be found in the show notes. And that, dear friends, wraps up yet another week of Readcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>